0: pats podcast we've been talking about it for a long time we've always been saying we need to get it out there on just our love of teen dramas Mm -hmm. our favorite show of all time the oc
1: yeah this is where this is where it got its hooks into me
0: oc hooked us in and we're just two 30 year old dudes sitting here in cincinnati ohio midwest dudes Talking just,
1: about the glory days. Talking
0: about the glory days of teen drama TV. We're going to hit the OC real hard. It's our favorite. It's the best show ever created. Yeah. So we're going to start with that. Yeah. It's it's pure art. So it's going to be a little more for the OC. Maybe like 10 episodes or so to the OC. And then just try and do like 5 episodes or so for other shows that, that we watched back in the day. Or that we see now. We just want to hash out great teen TV. <laughs> we just want to live vicariously through teen dramas and that's why we're calling this podcast vicarious living pat and i don't want to live in our real lives we just want to vicariously live through drunk teenagers making bad decisions absolutely and then then seeing what happens with the consequences of our of the decisions <laughs> how it nets out how it shakes out so this is our podcast probably gonna try and do this once a week and enjoy Okay, let me just go into my first thing here because this is. First thing I noticed is that they didn't do this at any other point in the series where they have Ryan as this savant, like genius. Oh, yeah. And then Ryan's like spouting out like all these like details about like Social Security going away in like I, 2020. I
1: found that to not only be completely unnecessary for him to say that, but he
0: doesn't talk like that in any other episode. I feel like they did that with this, where the, like Josh Schwartz, the writer of the show, was like, "Oh, let's have Ryan be this like savant from yeah. the other side of the tracks," and it just didn't test for shit. They
1: tried to make him into like Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, no, episode. that's. I think that is. And what then they, he just yeah, kind they, of yeah. naturally became to... like a normal kid who's like pretty good at school. In the world of the O C intelligence
0: is on a really sliding scale. It could change at any time. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> it flows. Okay. It flows it flows based on like the necessity to move plot points forward.
1: In my notes, I actually have how long did it take for you to warm up to Kirsten? Because she's the villain. Oh yeah, true. Like yeah. she sure she just lets it happen.
0: But no, <laughs> she's hey. kind of a, she's kind of a jerk for a maybe probably slightly too long. Another weird thing about Kirsten fun fact she's like like 5 or 6 years older than Seth in real life so just because she like looks older and Seth looks like he's 16 even though he's like 25 playing a 15 year old like she's like she's like 33 we established Sorry, or something like that, like that, that
1: intelligence is a sliding scale, but the elephant in the room is always going to be that age is, is, is a sliding is, scale. The elephant in the room I mean, completely is,
0: subjective. I would even say the elephant in the room in season one could be is is Seth going to hook up with Kirsten as a mop? Maybe. <laughs> His I don't age know.
1: It's not that far off. All right. I still haven't seen season four, so maybe that happens then. All right. Wait, can we take a real quick step back and just address uh, the opening scene with Ryan and his brother?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally different actor, Trey. Uh, I didn't put anything down about that.
1: 100% different actor, which I guess is understandable. This is the pilot, but they just completely bring in another one. Also, I did put down in my notes that you know Trey is kind of a badass because he has an eyebrow
0: piercing. Oh, yeah, that's 2003 wrong side of the tracks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I talk we were saying like talk about like not testing well. How fucking bad did he test to where like by season two when they actually really needed to develop that new character, they just completely recast it like I don't know if it's a a
1: testing thing. It might just be that he has Scott Speedman's agent. A.K.A. the worst agent in the game, and so they really so, did want him involved. But, but it was just the negotiations went so
0: poorly with Scott Speedman. Yeah, agent. not, not as bad. They just left him out. Not as bad if you're Scott Speedman's agent, because it wasn't like Trey was just digitally replaced in in season two with like before the technology was all the way there to like completely make a digital guy happen. And so they didn't just have a digital tray; they actually just had a a way less jacked guy playing tray in season two. Um, Wait, th- let me just give a quick thing here. Yeah, thank you. We've already spent too much time what, on why. Fake tray. <laughs> and we'll bring Whitney in when we get into like fashion trends of 2003, but on the ladies especially. But I just put here a lot of dude neckwear in t- in 2003. Uh, like a lot of dude
1: neckwear. Hold on, let me pull up my notes real quick and show you that I also necklace. have a lot of necklaces. <laughs> yeah, like, so, Luke is rocking a seashell necklace. Yeah. Ryan has a leather one.
0: Well, uh, there there was a time where puka shells were... Like, when we were in the 8th grade around there, like, puka shells were hot as fuck. Like, I remember distinctly, like, going to, like, teen nights and being like, God, if I only had puka shells, that would be a massive difference in the amount of girls that I amount of like other thirteen year olds that I'd be able to grind on and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That begs the question: Should we bring them back? I mean,
1: should we bring back necklaces?
0: For God, for all of the non people listening, you'll know that me and Pat single handedly uh, made V necks cool in two thousand and nine. No one else is doing it. That's We're actually a, that's actually
1: a really nice fun fact about us. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so I can see us doing that with puka shells. Also, on the neckwear, Ryan wears a choker. Uh, I don't see that ever coming back. I don't know how in two thousand three chokers were a thing. It's Uh, just, it's. I mean, it's kind of in
1: character for him to have like some kind of some badass like wrong side of the track accessories, but it's really hard to picture him finding that piece of leather and tying it around his neck, like. Just, no, to, yeah, to look that, for, like the, it just doesn't, is it doesn't really add. Is up. It yeah, it's just like a, a strap of leather, and he's got it like he tied it like this. I just can't imagine him looking in the mirror. And, doing and it's that.
0: so tight that yeah, it's not like you tie it loose and then put it around your neck. Like it's like you put it on, choke the fuck out of yourself, and then tie. It. Like it's. Anyways, all right, next next one. In terms of... <laughs> Probably why I was so <laughs> smart the first season, he was keeping all the knowledge up in his brain. Another, another, another one of who didn't test well, clearly Rosa the Maid, because Rosa the Maid is definitely gone by, like, mid-season one. Um, add her to the list of, like... And then it's it's it goes the other way, too, because, like, Summer... Um, did not... Like, she was not part of the cast. She's not in any of the opening credits at all. And people just, like, loved her. And that whole... Like, I was I was talking about uh, that Holly chick when we were watching it. She was at the same level as Summer, except, like, Summer became a part of the entire show, and that Holly girl, she just, like, moonlights in, sluts around, hooks up with a couple people, and then just bounces. It's literally her only premise.
1: Um... Yeah, no, the Rose of the Maid thing, I had the same thought, because that could be, like, a cool character, like, just kind of another person in the mix with a house. I think it made it him seem too elitist. Yeah, it might have also just been, like, a financial decision, like, the more main characters you have,
0: the more money it costs. Well, I don't think she's probably, like, garnering that much, like, in terms of. I mean, if she, she became, she's not she, I mean, she's not. <laughs> if she she's became a like <laughs> who's coming in the man seven figures. If
1: she became like a character that came in every episode and had like a witty line, then that's you know some more money that you got to pay out to that actor. Do they do also they reference feel, her?
0: Uh, Even though like, she totally vanishes, she moonlights in every once in a while. But it it also might have just not tested well, like purely from like, hey, this kind of maybe seems a little. They, so maybe we shouldn't yeah. have just the like Guatemalan nanny. I feel like nanny.
1: maybe they fired her mid episode because I actually oh, yeah, oh, we just didn't see that that yeah. Kirsten's taking out her own trash. Which if you have a maid, why, you know, why are you taking out your own trash, once yeah, Kier- you guys yeah, because
0: they need a maid because Kirsten like is a, a working full time working. She makes all the money in the relationship. Sandy though, you know, he's pulling down thirty k a year. In Los Angeles is a, a public defender, but he's still gone all the time. So I don't know why you wouldn't have a nanny. Uh-huh. I, I would. Well, if, if you're that rich, you have one. We'll get down to the bottom of that. Yeah. So, all right. Next, well, speaking of characters that got
1: written out, um, the same scene while she was taking him out to the trash. I know I mentioned this. But, uh, the dog? Yeah, there's yeah. a dog in the mix who... Didn't test well. Didn't test well. <laughs> <You guys laughs> so gone. they did have dog to put that dog well. down, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, they, that's the thing. They probably just do that with everyone who doesn't test well. They put him down. So, like, <laughs> yeah. Rosa was murdered at some point during mid-season one. They just killed her. The dog obviously put down... R.I.P. All right, so, fun fact, another one. After, when we see them all going to the debutante ball... It's um, sorry, let me make a quick correction there. It's actually a charity fashion show. All right, <laughs> so, yeah, the W Top Ball is actually later. That's a good point. Good catch by you. I really jumped the gun on that. Um, when they're getting ready for the charity fashion show, which is amazing, and I don't know what other world. I mean, this is this is why the whole series is like based there because like in the Midwest, you don't have shit like that. Like, there's not. It's I've, why it's well, all one to and,
1: support that point. I've actually never been to a charity fashion show. Yeah, have so
0: it, it's one of our key points of like what like our our ideas for like how to have it's a, a successful like teen soap opera drama show. Like they have people have to be it has to be like a rich desired area because you get all these things that like the rest of the country is just completely foreign to them. It's also like body of water stuff like that that we I talked about body of water that'd be by a body
1: of water I think I mean it's genius because like they do whatever they want and we're as midwesterners just forced to kind of accept it yeah as like a normal thing like oh yeah of course Marissa what, I mean yeah she's 14 years old in the show but she is <laughs> yes. she is our stage uh, <laughs> emceeing this charity event in front of hundreds of people, so that does make sense.
0: All right, I'm just gonna give two rapid-fire fun facts. One, we already discussed this when we were watching it. Shailene Woodley is playing Caitlin Cohen, Marissa's younger sister, who's nine or ten years old in season one. We'll see this as we get later. Uh, Shailene Woodley, who ends up becoming like super famous, like a Kroger brand version of Jennifer Lawrence... Uh, she didn't get the she didn't get the benefit of like the Hunger Games series. She got like the Divergent series, which, which is, is like Crover version. <laughs> yeah, but she she's just apparently so she was too young when they first did it. She was like ten years old when she comes back in like season three. It's a completely different actress. She got the Trey treatment, and she's also like aged like four or five years versus like one or two. She comes back like fully through puberty and just like like everyone else like a 25 year old playing like a 17 year old and just slutting around like crazy oh yeah that, that other fun fact so i was gonna say this the waiter that's that's super flamboyant I'm excited about waiter, this one. go on episode one season one there's a waiter when they get to the uh the fast the charity fashion show who offers them some weird like la snack that uh Like it's not like pigs on a stick or anything that you get here for the fucking hors d'oeuvres. It's like some weird like salmon encrusted whatever. (laughs) It's an LA salmon encrusted something. That waiter ends up being the he's in a he's one of the two gay gentlemen who sell them their house in season four, the the old Berkeley house that they lived in. Oh really? Him and the other guy who sell them that Berkeley house when they're trying to get out of Newport is that guy and then someone else oh. was also somewhere else in season one. That's an amazing catch. I have
1: yeah. no idea how you noticed that. It's actually kind of intimidating. The that director's idea. commentary. Um,
0: <laughs> Josh I, I,
1: should we just assume in the world of the universe he moved his way up from cocktail waiter to real estate no, agent? They just
0: think that people people aren't doing the deep dives. Like I did the deep dives, they they know that most people aren't gonna remember from season one, episode one, the the random gay dude who delivered the salmon encrusted hors d'oeuvres. How do we know he's Is gay? also for because he's gay in season four when he's he's he has like a, a gentleman lover partner that he lives with and Berkeley and they own a house together. Okay,
1: so in your mind is the, in my mind I made the a massive
0: judgment call in season one when I saw him deliver the hors d'oeuvres. This guy's definitely gay. Fair enough. And so, in your mind,
1: it's interesting to me to figure out if you think that character is the same from season one to to season four, or if they just didn't think that you would be detailed enough to notice, and they just they're two separate characters. I think when I, was I like in my mind, I like having him work his way up from lender to
0: real estate I agent. Mean, in an ideal world, that would be the case. Like he's just progressed in three years, like to an insane level where now he's like a professor at. Uh, usc berkeley and he started out as a waiter three years yeah. ago selling <laughs> salmon and crust at, <laughs> at local newport parties and now he's literally like teaching the youth uh of of that fine university but when i was listening to the director's commentary because i'm a super fan um josh Schwartz was saying no we just wanted to like give an ode to like some of the people who were there from like day one so like any of the real hardcore fans might pick up on something like that, but most of the casual fans wouldn't wouldn't notice it. Um, okay, uh, moving, moving the plot along. So, let's just go to the party that they go to at... Oh, just first comment. Do you have a bullet point there about uh, how amazing the dynamic is between Luke, Marissa's uh, boyfriend, at the party, and Seth and Ryan, where... Oh, they're man. at the charity event it's a
1: uh, classic nerd bullying <laughs> yeah, it's classic, just vintage
0: classic
1: classic nerd bullying I've never experienced it. in real life never like I've never never seen, seen it never seen it but in movies and TV shows especially the it's OC prevalent as it, that's just how it goes down it's like you're a nerd I'm gonna Tell you that you're a nerd. I'm gonna bully the fuck out of you. And me. I'm gonna bully you super hard unless you know that you're a nerd.
0: And it was also a different time. I mean, this is 2003 where you can put on a major network television show like on Fox, that's on like Thursday nights at 8 o'clock. You can have the bully come up and say, What'd he say? It's like, oh, he said, suck What's it? up, queer? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think he said, queer. Suck it, queer. <laughs> he goes, Hey, Cohen, what's up? <laughs> suck it, queer. Like, I don't feel like that exists enough. Fast forward to 2018, not okay. Not, it's... it's In 2000 and what, three? Is 2003, it was totally acceptable to still have that yeah. be the main bullying tactic. Oh, yeah. But it was just amazing that, yeah, these dynamics that I'm not... I'm I'm sure that bullying exists, but I don't think it exists like this. I think it's a different kind of thing, but like... The fact that in in two thousand and three it was still like it was in the eighties of like oh you're cool, so that means you just shit on anyone who's a nerd, and you have, yeah. all right so at, so after that, they go to this party where, it's it's got to be the most insane party that I've ever seen. I've never been to a party like this. These are fifteen and sixteen year olds. And they're at a party where there is just cocaine everywhere. Like, any, I've only known, like, one or two people that have ever done cocaine. And, like, when they did cocaine, it was, like, super discreet. Like, oh, I'm yeah. going in the bathroom, and I'm just going to do some cocaine so no one sees it, like, off the was that thing, like, toilet paper holder. Yeah, you're not going like, to advertise that you're doing cocaine at yeah, a high school party. They're this party is insane. They're just everyone's just blowing lines of cocaine like out in the <laughs> open. Also, there's strippers there. Are we to assume so there's I three mean, way a three-way was happening in in the bathtub upstairs. Like there was where were all the three ways when we were in high school? Like, I would love to know. <laughs> <I was laughs> saying, like where what I would love to just see, walk into a room one time. I was never going to have a three-way. It wasn't nearly on that level. But I would have loved to just like literally walk in on a three-way. Here's once. a question.
1: Let's drill into it a little
0: bit. Uh,
1: seemingly, so, so we, accept the, we accept the premise that they are having this crazy party where everybody's smoking hot, doing cocaine. Strippers all over Has the all this liquor all over the party. Parents are nowhere to be found. Um, it seems like an upperclassman type party. Are we to assume that they're kind of mixed in? There's upperclassmen there, or is this just like a sophomore party?
0: I don't know. Yeah, because because I mean, they seem to be the <clears throat> cool
1: kids in school. Like Luke's there, and he's the head honcho, but in the show, he's still a, what a freshman or a sophomore.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's like they Maybe. have a mix, or I know Maybe like in our high, our high school disbelief there in our high school there was literally no mix of parties. Like when you're a sophomore. When, like, half of your class doesn't have, like, just has their temps yeah. and doesn't isn't <laughs> <just laughs> yeah. even able to drive to a party, there was no, like, seniors who were hanging out with sophomores. So, I don't know, but I know that's not the same everywhere. I think, like, more in a public school situation, there are, like, people hanging out in separate grades. Could be. I
1: do love, um, just a quick note about the party, the classic couch stoners. Which is kind oh, of like... Yeah. That's a reoccurring yeah. thing in lots of movies that you yeah. do notice. You always have the,
0: the... Just can't handle weed yet at that point. Yeah, like. just
1: sitting on the couch. They have bongs on the table, because obviously that's what you do at a party. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> the <cocaine. laughs> All the drugs are just out. They're and just out. The, not only are they smoking weed, but they seem to be in a catatonic state where they can't do anything else but sit down and kind of stare.
0: Don't you feel like that... that there was a little of that though in high school with people who were smoking. Like you're not yet acclimated enough to it to where you would smoke and then you would just get that way. I feel like I've like remember people. Maybe, like, being maybe so, but I guess not
1: enough to be like a like a party stereotype. Like you know, oh, there's the there's a the
0: stoner. Well, there's yeah, there's just stereotypes across the board that are happening here that Dude, I don't yeah, fully Yeah, I just understand. I love the
1: the idea of a, a party stereotype. Like you got your bikini girl. You've got yeah, to she like, you she's the not guy. talking to anybody, she's just kinda dancing just by dancing. herself. Yeah,
0: she's just a, but the party stereotype, there's also like the in the party stereotype, there's just that random loser weird dude oh, who's like typing yeah. everyone but <laughs> yeah. <when> he's just <laughs> running the keg. Like he's just pouring ever I've never been to a party where like there's just the 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 comic relief guy who's, like, tight with everyone. Like, nobody knows that guy. And Dude he shows just up at, at the keg, Just, like, his duty is to, like, just pump the keg and, like, make sure it's, like, always good to go and then filling everyone's glass. No party I was ever at, it wasn't, like, you would just go over to the peg, keg and fill it up yourself. So, a lot of weird cliches. Also, the cliche that it was definitely, like, on full display. In high school especially, like, there's always that drunk-ass, the girl who gets, like, belligerent blacked out drunk that cliche still exists it still exists that (laughs) one's true as fuck it's not like wrong like the uh the bullying ones or like the uh the, the cocaine just literally being like in every part of the house at parties but the chick who just like gets way too blacked out can't handle her shit and like that is summer at this party when she's still like i said not part she's not part of like the main cast She's still, like, at the holly level of, like, she's just, like, an, a bystander. Like, I feel like now, if she got that drunk at a party as the season goes on, it's a much bigger plot point. You have to build it around, like, whoa, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, what's, 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 what's going, going on with Summer? This? What's going on with Summer yeah, right like, what's now? what's she driving Something
1: this? must be wrong. Yeah, she was
0: allowed to just be, like, an she's like, like blacked-out yeah. girl at the party. Yeah, and so, like... She's that chick. She's like goes up to Ryan. She's like, "Oh my God! Oh, like, what's going on?" Like, and like spilling your drink. Up. There's nothing. So I would put like that on my level of like most disgusted I could possibly be with a girl. Big turn right, off. Right, right up there with a girl has a broken leg and she's wearing a cast. You know? <laughs> <And she's>, yeah. <laughs> and she's, it's 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 one of those like if. You could be the hottest girl in the world, but I swear to God, like if you okay. just happen to have bad luck. Question and posed leg. to you: What's more of a turnoff? If a
1: girl has a broken leg, or a girl, both legs are fine, comes up to you and
0: says that she kind of likes you, and that she thinks you're cute. You've never met her. Uh, definitely the second one. I, if a girl comes up to me and says. Yeah, because it's 1,000% I have zero attraction to you if, if you aren't just purely disgusted by me right. immediately upon sight. Uh-huh. So if I don't have to work my ass off to get you into me and you're just automatically into me, all I'm thinking about is, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, why are you coming up to me and this into me? It, it makes no sense. Like, That's fair enough. it, it how much dick did you, I say it all the time, how much fucking dick did you suck tonight? (laughs) (laughs) You are literally now coming up to me as like, I'm option A. Like, I, I, there's no way in my mind on first sight that I'm not option C, D, or E. And so it just, that would disgust me way more. But like, well, if I see a girl like literally on crutches, like hobbling around with a cast, like, I go from... I go from midnight to yeah. six. Oh, yeah.
1: Quick. You, 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 you like your women whole. I understand. Um, but so broken say, arms...
0: Broken arms? Actually, not a big deal at all. That's I don't mind she, those at all.
1: Especially if she's got a big... That, like a good backstory.
0: Yeah, that's just happen. like a key talking point. That's like, oh man, what's um, going on with this chick? How did she break her arm? I will or?
1: say, I'm surprised... So you mentioned how Summer is just coming on super drunk, coming on to Ryan really hard. She's got her sights for him. I'm surprised that did not cause more tension in the friend dynamic, like, moving forward. That's kind of, like, it's dealt with a little bit in this episode. He's seen, like... And he, he brings yeah. it up maybe once or twice, but I feel like if that did happen, that would kind of, like, eat at
0: Seth Cohen, right? I mean, no doubt. Like, for me, that interaction happening, that, that like, first and foremost... Your like, dream girl. I'm, I'm all about... Like, Let's just I, say I'm Ryan in this <clears throat> scenario. Your dream girl is
1: this coming on to me hard. No, and
0: my thing is, like, I literally make a decision on if I hate you for the rest of my life or if you're going to be cool, like, in the first, like, 72 hours of me knowing you. So I feel like the fact that he did that, like, at their very first party, and, like, so he wasn't actually doing it, but Seth just thought he was doing it. Right. For me, Ryan would be dead to me forever. I'd just be like, dude what the fuck, like, in the first, like, two times I've hung out with you, you're already trying to hook up with this chick who's, like, my dream girl, I'd just be, I'd be done with it, but it seems like as soon as, like we said, as soon as Ryan had his back on the beach, yeah, yep. when Luke comes up, Solves and everything. obviously, like, like we said, at a party, you're just, like, the only mode of dudes is to, like, go up, find the nerds, and, like, try and put them in the bonfire, versus, like, hooking up Oh, yeah, up no, that's girls. what I did at parties. Yeah, so... As he's in that mode, so Ryan does that super, like what he thinks Ryan did a super douchebag move of trying to hook up with his dream girl. He then has his back. Luke makes the comment, Welcome to the OC, bitch. Classic. Famous. Most famous. That's such a line. line. That, that just like gets you hooked right away. From that point on, because he saw Ryan had his back, all that stuff with Summer just completely goes away. It's water under the bridge. Do they ever talk about it? No.
1: Or is it just kind of?
0: It's water under the bridge. Like, cause yeah, that's an awkward conversation it's, it's to exa- have. Like, it's oh. exactly like we talk about like in superhero movies. If you save someone's life, if you yeah. save a girl's life, you can be like a three out of ten. The girl's ten out of ten. You save her life. Immediately, she's in love with you. It's. It might be similar here. Like, if you're a nerd, like Seth, and Ryan comes in and saves the fuck out of the day. All is forgiven. Ride or Die for Life. No, that makes sense. Ride or Die for Life. Okay, I'm satisfied with that then. All right, let's just hit these last couple ones and then wrap it up. Um, I was... Okay, let me just give a quick Marissa flaw. Super attractive. She, the premise is, is that she's the hottest one in the show. She's she's the hottest girl in the show in yeah. season one. and possibly the OC. And, and possibly the entire county of Orange. <laughs> <laughs> The entire Hottest county girl in the county, okay. Hottest girl in the entire county of Orange. But, so, massive flaw. Not great legs. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're, From we're the waist up. Up at this point. From but, the but waist sure. up. From the waist up. Marissa, flawless. From the waist down, never had great legs. You see it whenever it's, like, real hot summer and she's wearing, like, the shorter skirts or whatever, whatever was hot in 3 you just see, you get the snippets of, ooh. Could you have uh, done it with like a, up.
1: like a thinner ankle? Not to drill in on it yeah. super hard. But. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I could do it like, like a little less cankle situation. And, but like I said, from the waist up, like when she's wearing those '03 3 low rise, you know, pants, hot pants. Oh yeah. All in. She was wearing those capri pants when we first meet, uh, Tate Donovan. Her dad, Jimmy Cooper, who is a massive scumbag, <laughs> which we will get to at <laughs> we'll some get point. To... Uh, we need to just like have one where we just dedicate it to all of oh, Jimmy's I fucking Jimmy flaws. Cooper episode. Well um, I guess that's where she does
1: get her. Flaws. All right, that,
0: okay. Let me just transition that really quick into Jimmy Cooper. The backstory between him and Kirsten is that they were like high school lovers, the one that got away, way in love with each other. Do you see a world where you could ever buy a house and live directly next door to the one that got away? Like your your significant other, husband, wife, is supposed to just sit there as you have all this insane sexual built up tension. I was
1: wondering the exact, well, my question while we were watching the show is like, they're sitting out there, he's taking out the dog Dusty, who apparently was put down shortly after the filming of that episode. <laughs> yeah, that she's season. taking out the trash, dog even Dusty. though she's a like working millionaire. Um, they have this encounter just charged with sexual tension. Just like awkward sexual tension. They're having this conversation. Oh, just but theoretically right, I mean they've been neighbors for fifteen years at this point. And that, so yeah. it's like every single encounter they have, like, just that charged or is like you would think dude, maybe if they were neighbors there. like at some point it would have gone away a little bit no 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 but the no, fact that no, it's still dude, there that, it's just no. like why would you choose that house of all the houses in the county? no bed? that's what i'm
0: saying is you have to be you have to know like look that shit with your like first love or whatever that never goes away whenever you see that person if that charge is always there so you physically cannot buy a house and be next door neighbors with that person. I understand they had to do it for the show, to like keep things interesting. It's, but it's, like that—that that, if I'm Sandy Cohen or I'm Julie Cooper, I'm going uh, no, thank you. Like no, it, let's look at the other neighborhood. It's just so, <laughs> well, it's, a, I mean, it's perfect
1: for the show because it's so in line with. Uh, the character that Tate Donovan plays, Jimmy Cooper... Scum, it's, yeah, pure. it's just so in line with his character of like, oh yeah, I'm gonna buy this house, and then everybody's like, why would you do that? And he's clueless as to why it would be a bad idea. It's just like, oh, he's what? That, he's <laughs> that
0: shit at the bottom of the ocean, like, what is that? Like, that like that scum that's at the bottom? That, like, it's just a like on coral. Barnacle? Yeah. There's a, he's, there's, there's that's a, what he... He's just like the barnacle of life. Like... He sucks all the way around in business. As a husband, he's clearly not satisfying his wife. He's uh, clearly just—I envision him as a guy. I'm, I won't even get into that. That's was <laughs> gonna crossing the line. <laughs> get into it. But he just—he sucks in all regard. Like I said, we're gonna like have a massive deep dive yeah. on I him I mean, later. we should. His hair is terrible. We'll get to it. All right. Um, let, okay. So last thing, just to completely round it out. Fun fact. That last scene of the entire episode where Ryan goes back to that his old house where, like we said, the way that they make it known that he lives in a shitty area of town and in a shitty house is they just have two used mattresses just on his lawn. So the viewer's like, okay, he must be poor. Yeah, that's what you <laughs> do when you're poor. Like, when
1: you don't have that much money, you put your mattresses outside.
0: Yeah. So he walks in. And he realizes his mom, great mom, mom of the year alert, again, from Don Atwood, uh, has just bounced with the, the guy, the, the what's his name? Oh, um, uh, Craig or something some, like that. Yeah, some know. name like that, um, of some guy. She just bounced. She has a, a 16-year-old son, didn't notify him, didn't let him know, she's gone. Um, I could have used a shot of that note. So that, fun fun fact there, that was the very first scene that they filmed of the entire series was that emotional scene with Ryan and Sandy in that in that house and when i heard an interview uh in all in my life my lifetime of extensive research on this show yeah leading up I to heard this him, moment <laughs> leading up to this moment uh the uh what's Ryan's real name uh Benjamin McKenzie? Benjamin Buttons <laughs> Benjamin is it McKenzie Oh Ben McKenzie Benjamin yeah. McKenzie he was saying, like, oh, super intimidating as fuck. Like, my first episode of this entire series is a big, hitting A-lister, like Sandy Cohen in yep. this scene, and, because that guy's been in, at this point... Was this after Mr. Deeds? <laughs> no, wait, uh, Mr. Deeds... Oh, yeah, it must have been right after, because Mr. Deeds was, like, 2002, so this guy's fresh yeah, right from the villain <laughs> with the mustache of Mr. Deeds, he also, pivotal role in the movie American Beauty where, by the way, his hair is completely gray, so clearly he like dyes his hair at this point in his life. Um, no judgment. No judgment. And he, So he's fresh off that Oscar winning movie American Beauty. So ben, ben Button's McKenzie is in there doing his first scene with a guy who's crushed it with Kevin Spacey in American Beauty and fresh off that Adam Sandler box office hit. He pulled it off. Alright, let's end it there. Let's end it there. Alright, next time we will be crushing episode two. Can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) To check out more vicarious living episodes follow us on soundcloud at vicarious living you'll know you found us when you find a picture of pat and i sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is laguna beach steven's there he's just not pictured steven and Elsie. both there just not pictured